0: Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now let's get started. Ladies, thank you for sharing your gifts and talents with us. You guys know it's incredibly important to do that. It is incredibly important to bring the, the gifts and the talents that the Lord has given to you to bear on worship of God and to edify the body of Christ. That's not what I'm preaching about today necessarily, but it's important. And, and we'll get there uh, in reality but you know, I've, I told you last week we're going to be. I'm going to be um, preaching about over the next several weeks spiritual sacrifices, and uh, you know the basis for the basis for. <clears throat> I mean, I hate to call it a series because I don't know how long what it'll actually be, but uh, the basis for it is uh, is First Peter chapter two, verses one through five that I you know that spoke on last week and we talked about. And First uh, Peter chapter two verse one through five says, "Therefore, laying aside all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious." And then verse four says, "As you come to Him, a living stone rejected indeed by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious." You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, we're going to spend some time over the next several weeks looking at some of these spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God that we are to offer. Now, not to necessarily dwell on the point. But, uh, but first, sin has to be laid aside. You know, we talked about it last week, taking off the garments of sin. It's a, it's a picture of repentance that's not only necessary in salvation as we come to realize that, that our sin separates us from God, but it's an ongoing act in the life of the believer as the Holy Spirit convicts us the Holy Spirit that indwells us at it as he convicts us as to into ways that we are you know not always properly hitting the mark you know where we are missing the mark and then second Peter verse four second Peter two verse, verse four says as you as you come to him and you know it, and I, I just You know, I think about about that that phrase, or I think about Jesus' invitation to come. We see it over and over in Scripture. As Jesus called people to follow him, that's what he said. He said, come, follow me. He said, come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and and I will give you rest. He said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. Coming coming to Jesus is trusting him. And in this passage, although he was rejected by men, and today still is rejected by, by many men, but he is chosen and precious to Father God. And he was God's intended instrument to redeem us from our sin. I think about, you know, uh, the, the uh, passage that I focused on quite a bit at Christmas in Galatians chapter 4, right? But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those, to redeem us who were under the law, that we might receive His adoption as sons, Right, I mean that is that is the that is this Jesus that we that we are to worship. This is that's how we we come to Him, even though He's been rejected by men, because in God's sight He's chosen and precious, and we offer, we come to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Him. Verse five of the Second Peter chapter one passage says this: It says, "You yourselves." like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. And the truth is that when sinners come to Christ, when we come to faith in God through through His own grace, that, that Christ shares His very life with us. John chapter 17, and Jesus' high priestly prayer, as Jesus is praying for us, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That's, That's every generation of believer since Jesus was on the earth. And this was his prayer. He said that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they might be in us. Right? That, that, we are, that we are living. We who trust, we are living. And we live in the, in the life of, of, of Jesus. In the Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church and he says, There is one body. We forget that these days. we got so many different churches and so many different denominations that believe so differently. It's like, oh my gosh, there's not one body. Scripture says there's one true body one true body, one spirit. And he says, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Peter says, you also. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. You, we, are being built up into a spiritual house. We are, we believers are the church of the living God. Acts chapter 17, he says he, that, God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Paul tells the Corinthian church, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And while as as great and as important to understand as that is, that each one of us is a living stone in the in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, we're all being built up together. Right? I mean, it wouldn't be a building with a single stone sitting out in a field somewhere. Right? God intends intends to use all of us together to function as as we should. We also function, this passage goes on to say, as a holy priesthood. As a holy priesthood, and, and I know that there's a lot there, but the basic underpinnings is, is that under the old covenant, right, the, only the Levitical or the Aaronic priests were able to, to go into the very presence of God. And there they would take the sacrifices brought to them by the people and they would offer those sacrifices for, for the forgiveness of sin. Now then... Paul says, that's us. We are, we are a holy priesthood. Right That when Jesus died on that cross, when Jesus dried on that cross as the one pure sacrifice forever for the forgiveness of sin, Scripture tells us, and it's one of my favorite things to think about, Scripture tells us that the veil of the temple... That veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple where only the high priest of God, one guy, one time a year, could go in there into the very presence of God. And when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for our sin, that veil was torn from top to bottom. Granting us, granting all all who believe, total access to Almighty God. Oh, what an unbelievable thing that that is. The Holy Spirit says through Peter that you that come to him are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. The word holy is set apart for a purpose. And our purpose in this passage is to offer up spiritual sacrifices, offerings, if you will. You know, the, the, the picture that we have of, of the Old Testament offerings is not, is, I mean, it's pretty good to get in our heads, right? The priest would, would bring that and they would offer that sacrifice to God. Peter says that's what we are, that's what we are to do. Just like those priests, our offerings that we bring God. And, and when I say offerings, obviously we're going to talk about, it, it's not, it's not you know, we call the plates, plates that we pass the offering plate. That's not necessarily all. That's certainly not all I'm talking about. Right? Not what the passage of Scripture is talking about. But just like the Old Testament priests, our off, our offerings must be from a clean vessel. They had all kinds of purification rituals in the Old Testament that those priests had to go for. And in fact, they were, they were so afraid and fearful of stepping into that Holy of Holies in an unclean manner that they would tie a rope around the priest's leg that just in case he dropped over dead in the presence of God because of sin, they could drag him out. That's taking the presence of God pretty seriously. And, and, we, and we should come no, no less serious into the into the presence of into the presence of God. Our offerings must be from a clean vessel, offered with pure motives, and focused on the pure goal of honoring God. And there are several sacrifices that are listed in Scripture that, as believers, we are to offer God. The one we're going to talk about this morning, and the first one that we're going to ta- talk about, is in is in Romans chapter twelve. We're going to look at the first couple of verses of Romans chapter 12. But in the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul has just spent a lot of time teaching these Roman Christians and us about what God in Christ has given to those who trust Him and believe in Him. You know, just to highlight a few of those things, in Romans chapter 3, Right, We're familiar with verse 23, for we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But that passage goes on to say, but we have been justified. We have been made just as if we have not sinned. We have been justified freely by His grace. And He has redeemed us by His own blood through faith. Paul spends time teaching those things. In Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 through 13, he says that that gift of salvation and forgiveness is available to all who call on the name of the Lord. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the Scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And on the basis of those teachings, of of who we are and what God has done for us in Christ, to those of us who have, by faith, called on Him and trusted Him to work on the cross and His resurrection, Paul then says this, beginning Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. He starts this he starts this chapter 12 with this appeal. I appeal to you. Your Bibles may say I urge you. It's the same word basically that we get when we talk about the Holy Spirit, Paraclete, one who comes alongside. Paul is saying, I'm going to co- I want to come alongside you and urge you strong it's it's really a command but Paul is is in a loving way saying this is what we must do he says i urge you i appeal to you brothers i appeal to you brothers He's appealing, to the, he's appealing to the brethren. He's going to tell them to offer their bodies, them, offer themselves as a, as a living sacrifice. And, and, I mean, here's the deal just as we get started. As we talk about what it means to offer ourselves to God, we first and foremost must understand that there is nothing that you can offer God that grants you salvation or right standing with Him. That first you must give your soul to Him. Before Paul ever starts writing about what any of this means, he calls them brethren. They're already saved. They're already saved. They have, they have been They have been drawn by the Holy Spirit of God to trust and believe, and they have given themselves in salvation to trust in the work of Christ. That has been done. And and Paul is saying that because of everything that I've been teaching you, and because all of that has been done, now then, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Paul's appeal to offer their bodies as a living sacrifice just based on the mercies of God. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Guys, if you just keep that Romans 12, 1 and 2 up there. By the mercies of God. What are the mercies of God? What are the mercies of God that we have experienced that warrant us offering ourselves to Him? His love. His forgiveness. His grace. We've been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus. He's promised us peace and comfort. He's given us the Holy Spirit as a seal, as a promise of eternal life and as and as heaven. So on the ball says, on the basis of God's mercy, by the mercies of God, we are to present our bodies as a as a living sacrifice. That word, uh, that word present there has, has the same, has the same picture of has the same picture as, as as what the Old Testament priests would do in offering a sacrifice on the altar. It's a very literal kind of word. And as I as I as I think about it, right, um, we we. We are, to, we are to present our, ourselves, present our bodies as a, as a sacrifice. We still, we still live in these bodies. The word, the word that is translated bodies" means all of us, all, 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 all of my, whole, my whole self. You know, when I am saved, Scripture teaches that I become a new creation, that the Holy Spirit enters me, and from then, from, from then that time forth, right? I am a child of God. I am, I am a new creation. I am adopted child of God. My eternal home is heaven, right? But, but we know, and Scripture teaches all, all over. The Apostle Paul especially teaches heavily on it. And, and we don't have to be taught much. We know that these bodies of ours... Right? Although we are redeemed and bound for heaven, we know that these bodies are not yet redeemed. Right? We, we recognize that, that in our flesh, in our bodies, in our minds, there, there are temptations, there are sins, there are evil thoughts, there are certainly things that, that have not been made new yet. The Apostle Paul says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, the sacrifices in the Old Testament were dead sacrifices. They would kill them before they would be offered. But, but when Jesus died on the cross, he was the sacrifice. The only sacrifice that we needed. And he paid the penalty for our sin. He paid that we, for everything that we would ever need to do. And yet, Paul says, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. So What's the deal about a living sacrifice? Well, I, I know what it is for me. It's living, and it has the ability to get up off the altar. You experience that in your life? Oh, Lord, help me. Help me to... I want to repent of this sin. I don't want to have this attitude. I want to I don't want to be bound by this habit. I don't want to whatever whatever struggles that there are and they're real and we offer them we offer them on the on the altar. We offer them to Christ and we and we ask forgiveness for it. And then it crops up again. So this 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 this, this exhortation of Paul to to offer ourselves as living sacrifices to present our bodies as living sacrifices it's a uh, it's a continual kind of thing it can't it doesn't just happen once in fact if it only happens once you might say well you know I was saved when I was you know 9 well understand but there is a continually offering ourselves as a sacrifice to God that is that 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 will never end. That will never end. And uh, the Bible is is pretty clear that as long as we live in these earthly tents, that there's a, a part of our humanness that will that will struggle. We'll struggle with the flesh, sin, temptation. body is still the center of our sinful desires, emotional stuff, right? Like anger and envy and, and what the Bible even calls being downcast. And everything that that could mean, being sad, being depressed, being, you know, whatever. And all of these things that we experience can even cause us to have spiritual doubts about the truth and the reality of our salvation. I've known so many people. I mean, I've experienced myself. And I've known so many people that that when we, when we start, when we start, um, I don't know, Paul's going to call it conforming to the world. When we start allowing these sinful things to get up off the altar again, there even comes into our mind You you know, you you might not even really be saved. But that's not what it is. It is that the sacrifices need to be continually made. Not Jesus' sacrifice. That's been paid for. But the sacrifice of our bodies over and over. You know, the living sacrifices that we're to offer is to surrender everything to Him. Everything that's important to you, all of our days, all of our hours, all of the, the minutes that we have, our strengths, our weaknesses. So I believe it's a continual recognition, right, that, that Jesus is Lord and that we are not. Paul says, present them as a living sacrifice. He says that continuing That act is spiritual worship. The King James Version and New King James Version say that it is reasonable service. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship or, or which is your reasonable service. Reasonable. In light of everything that Christ has done for us. Is it not reasonable. For us to offer him ourselves. He says. Not to be conformed. To this world. Not to be conformed to this world. The world that is translated conformed. Has the idea of masquerading. Or putting on an act. The. The. Uh, there's a scholar named Kenneth Woost who has—I uh, don't know—I've had a Kenneth Woost translation of the New Testament for 40 years, I guess. He died in the, the 1960s, but uh, but his translation translates this verse like this: it "says, do not be conformed, right? Do not be conformed to the world." but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Kenneth Woosh says it like this, stop assuming an outward expression which is patterned after this world. An expression that does not come nor is representative of what you are in your inner being as a regenerated child of God. You're saved. Quit acting like you're not saved. Don't be conformed to the world, see that's what the world wants to do. It's an external thing, right? I mean, that's that's the reason. You know, when I mean, you you talk, talk to some folks, and it's like, you know, well, I mean, how are you doing? Well, I'm just I'm terrible. You know, I feel so guilty. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't seem to get any victory in life. I can't, you know, I I, I want God to do this stuff in my in my life and 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 it's i mean it's a genuine desire right but in salvation god has done all for us that he needs to do right we we are the ones that come to him after after salvation we are the ones that give ourselves to him it's not about getting more of God. This passage is teaching us to give ourselves to Him. Do not be conformed to and You know, and I, I can't tell you what that necessarily looks like in your life either. I mean, certainly the scripture has a lot to say about it, and certainly, you know, the Holy Spirit within you. If you are sensitive and listening for the Holy Spirit, then that's the job of the Holy Spirit, and the job of the Word of God is to convict us of sin. But I'm telling you this conforming thing is never relenting. You know, I was just, just this morning, last night and this morning,, you know, we're kicking around the idea, right? Do we cancel church? Did we cancel church? Lots and lots and lots of churches canceled this morning. Right? I'm sure many with very good reason. And, you know, you think about, uh, okay, preparing to preach, getting it. I've got, you know, Sunday school teachers that are here, people that... That, uh, that feel compelled to, to come to church when we're, when we're having church. I mean, there's all kinds of dynamics and stuff going on. But as I'm sitting watching the TV, you know what's going through my mind? I wonder if we, you know, they're all canceling. I wonder if we ought to cancel. And as I got to thinking about that, I thought, you know, careful, Marty. Because some of that is just conforming to what's going on in the world around you right yeah it's easier to stay home you didn't have to get up and come to church this morning right now i'm not and i'm not i'm not preaching down to those that that aren't here because like i said everybody everybody chooses their own way the holy spirit works in everybody's life right but in my own heart and mind i had to say how can i how can you preach and believe, Marty, on offering yourself as a living sacrifice and yet not give people the opportunity to come and worship? It did not matter if just one of you would have come. Right? It doesn't ma- it's, it's, it, it's, it's not necessarily supposed to be easy to be obedient. But, it, but it's incredibly important that we be obedient, right? To offer yourself as a living sacrifice. To not be conformed to this world. Stop acting like the world wants you to act. Sometimes unbelievers act like believers, right? I mean, we get that. You know, Jesus himself even said, Not all who call me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right, sometimes unbelievers act like believers, but you know, sometimes also believers act like unbelievers. You know, we want to be accepted by the world, we want to enjoy the world's entertainment, we want to enjoy the world's fashion, we want to enjoy the world's, you know, whatever. And sometimes even when that conflicts with the standards that are brought before us in the Word of God, Paul says, do not be conform to this world it is not acceptable to God as reasonable worship you know we have lots of different ideas about worship too you know in the church culture that we're in not just not necessarily this one but in in general music is called worship some people change churches some people, in fact, just go from church to church, just change church every week. Looking for that place that has the best worship. And Can I just tell you? God doesn't care about that. Not that he doesn't care about how we worship in song. He, he does. Right? But, but worship is, is only, true worship only comes from a devoted heart. That loves God and that is thankful to God and desiring of praising God. And it might be, it might be in a church, but it doesn't have to be in a church. Right? I believe that as living stones, we are called to be together. Don't don't get me wrong. I think that passage, that whole passage in Peter, is is about the church. But the church doesn't necessarily have any bearing on your. Worship. Your worship is personal, between you and God. And but it involves sacrifice. It involves offering yourself, offering all you are. On God's altar, as a sweet-selling aroma to Him. He says, "Do not be conformed." to this world. Do not act like an unbeliever. But instead, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've probably heard this preached before, but the word that is uh, being transformed is the same word that we get our word metamorphosis from, right? It's that that process of the caterpillar becoming a butterfly, right? Right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that transformation is not something that happens like confirmation comes. Right? And when you are conformed, that is external forces acting on you to change the way that you act and behave. The transformation starts on the inside. It's not the outside. It's not something that is acted. Right? Right? It's not some kind of an influence on the outside. It begins begins in the mind. And Paul says we are to renew our minds. And the transformed and the renewed mind is is a mind. Here it comes again. It's a mind that is saturated and controlled by the Word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 11 David says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We must must feast on, we must saturate our minds with the word of God in order to be transformed from the inside. The word of God... Coupled with the Holy Spirit of God. That is the task. That is the function. That is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit of God that indwells us. Is to teach us truth. And as we feed on the Word of God. As we saturate our lives with the Word of God. Then the Holy Spirit will use that truth to to transform us into what Christ would, would have us to be. When that happens... Paul says that you will discern what the will of God is. You will discern what the will of God is. That as we offer ourselves on the altar, we are conformed, we are not conformed to the world, we resist the being conformed to the world and we're transformed by the, by the word of God. This morning we looked at one of the spiritual sacrifices that we're to offer. And that's the sacrifice of our bodies, our physical bodies, our mind, our will. Caleb's going to come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. I told the guys in the back, start waving after me if it starts snowing. And they're not waving yet, so apparently it's not snowing. But you know, as we come to a passage like this, the first, the first of the spiritual sacrifices as a believer that we are to offer God is the, is the real offering of all that we are. A continual thing. Because we continually get off of that altar and start doing things our own way again. As he sends an invitation, you just, you do business with God. Where are you at? Have you placed yourself? Are you on that altar now, desirous to do everything in your life, that your life be pleasing to God? Or are you off running around somewhere and you need to come back? Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you, and we hope you have a blessed week.